This is ScreenBeam's Collaborative Tech Talks, discussing collaboration and better communication in the places where we learn the most. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Collaborative Tech Talk, the podcast brought to you by ScreenBeam. I'm Tyler Kern. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the show. Now, the world has been dealing with COVID-19 for almost a full year now, and we've had to make significant changes, you know, not being able to see family over the holidays, friends, colleagues, all of those sorts of things have all been given up uh, during this time. And we've been learning how to manage school and work from home and so much more. So what does 2021 have in store for us, specifically when it comes to getting back Back to the office, and what do businesses need to do to prepare for that event? And joining me to talk about that today is Mike Ellenberger. He's the vice president and general manager at ScreenBeam. Mike, thanks so much for joining me. Great to be here. Well, Mike, what would you say uh, are some of the most important elements that today's professionals have lost due to COVID, not being in the office, and things along those lines? What what stands out to you? You know, I think what really stands out is the you know the interactions, the person to person interactions are missing. Um, we've done a great job of using tools like uh, Teams and Zoom to come together and have meetings and to, you know, have as much productivity as we can. But, you know, those personal interactions are really meeting, uh, are really missing. And, you know, on a more personal level from people, um, it's the camaraderie, it's the morale, the, you know, the well-being of people, you know, being in the workplace and having that, uh, you know, interpersonal uh, interface is, uh, is definitely missing. You know, I noticed, uh, you know, recently there was a Forbes article talking about uh, career growth and being in the office really is the best environment. Um, And there was a bunch of research that they were quoting. Um, And what they found was that when people were doing more routine work, um, online efforts were satisfactory. But when it came to things that were more complex, more creative, um, things that had more pressure associated with them, um, associated with, you know, deadlines and the needs to complete tasks, being in person, really was more superior. Um, and we're certainly finding that in our own business as well. There's just something about that that camaraderie of being, being around people, like you were mentioning. Um, like uh, plenty of offices do uh, do fantasy football leagues, right? And there's, uh, I, I know I'm in one at work, right? But the, the, there's something that, that's missing about talking trash over teams and that sort of thing, right? There's that camaraderie, that bonding that comes with running into each other in the break area, uh, talking about the football games, and, you know, whose team is better than whose, things along those lines that you just... You can't replicate no matter how much you enjoy utilizing technology and utilizing the tools that have been, you know, uh, been available during this time that have allowed for collaboration and for work to continue like normal. There's still that missing aspect of that in-person thing that, that I think everybody's lacking at this point. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you definitely have those happenstance interactions that you have with people uh, in the hallways. And, uh, you know, there's generally so much goodness that comes out of that, like just getting a quick inform about something um, and realizing it might tie into something that you're working on. Um, So all those little shortcuts, those little tidbits of information that really add up to things that you get when you're in the office um, just really aren't happening in this remote work environment. Um, you also have to kind of contend with a sociological phenomenon um, called the bandwagon effect. And that's really where you have group energy and the emotions the feelings of a crowd that when they come together, they inspire team members. They start to feed off of each other. Um, and that really helps to drive um, not just an uptick, uptick in activity, uh, but really drive creativity. 
That's a great point, you know, and and I do think that, that one of the things that has been challenging during this time, and I think we, we're kind of speaking to different aspects of it, um, you know, that, that collective energy, that collective momentum that you get when you're in the office together and you're pushing towards a common goal, and also just those happen chance conversations that, that, that happen during the course of a day, those things are all kind of tied into company culture, right? And company culture is one of the things that I think has been difficult to continue to build during this time. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I mean, we've uh, we've been trying all sorts of things, and uh, once a month we do a, a team cocktail hour um, over uh, over Microsoft Teams and invite anybody in the company to just join in and you know bring their kids on cam and have a good time and just talk about uh, you know talk about anything. But yeah, it's really the whole culture piece has changed and shifted so much. Um, I mean, you know, the reality is is that just coming into the office um, and spending time face to face with your coworkers, uh, with your colleagues is good for your mental health, right? And that gives you positive energy. Um, and that really helps you become and be more productive um, overall and just happier in life. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you uh, on that point, Mike. Uh, so from your perspective and, and acknowledging those facts, do you think people are ready to return to the office? I absolutely feel um, people are ready to return to the office. I know I am personally. Um, I was just on a call with somebody yesterday, and I surprised myself by saying I miss my commute. Um, it, 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 it really, it was so surprising because it was the one thing I probably complained about most often right. was the, the commute here in Silicon Valley. It's generally pretty brutal, but the reality is just that commute element um, alone, that 45 minutes in the car where you you know get to make a couple of key phone calls before you get into the office, where you make that transition from home to work, and then the transition back from work to home. Um, you know, there's something all of a sudden zen about being stuck in traffic. <laughs> um, but um, you know, I mean, I think life away from the office is just you know really taking a toll on people. People are ready. Um, there was a survey that HP did back in October. Um, and it basically said that one in three employees admitted that being away from the office had lowered their morale um, and that people were saying that they were feeling distracted during their workday and they got easily stressed out. So I guess it was that there was no one to go to in person to just get that little golden nugget that you needed to just keep on moving and keep your morale up and keep your projects moving. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a really great point, you know. And uh, and one of the other things, and and this is kind of goes back to your your commute comment, is that I I think I've grown to appreciate the commute a little bit more because it gives you a a definite start and end to your workday. And even if you do some work at home and that sort of thing, at least you're acknowledging I'm at home, but I've made a decision to open my computer and to to do a little bit of work during this time. But I think what people are finding when everyone is working from home is that there's almost this, uh, this feeling of it's hard to turn off. It's hard to separate yourself from work. And that's kind of giving everyone this feeling of being stressed out all the time, maybe feeling like they're, they're working a little bit too much just because there's not that definite start and end point to a day. And so you kind of ask yourself, when did work actually stop? It feels like I'm always <laughs> at work now, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Actually, uh, you know, shockingly enough, another comment I made recently, I said, well, gosh, I really wish I was an hourly employee all of a sudden. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, you know, there's a lot of uh, very interesting data out in the market. I love data. I love statistics. Um, there was this survey that was done um, by this commercial real estate firm called JLL. I found it really interesting. And they had 2,033 
um, respondents that were office workers and from around the world. Um, and basically 75%, three and four of those workers said they hoped to be able to return to the office at some point. They did not want this working from home to be a permanent transition for them. Um, you know, and there's other data out there. Um, the Gensler work from home survey that happened this year uh, talked about, you know, the primary reasons why workers want to return to the office. And so, again, a lot of that had to do with the interactions um, of people being able to come together. Um, but interestingly enough, it also exposed that only 12 percent of U.S. workers that responded wanted to work from home full time. So that kind of dream of, oh, gosh, I wish I could work from home full time and not have to deal with this commute and not have to come to the office. Um, you know, really, once you've had that, be careful what you wish for, because, you know, the reality is, is that only 12 percent of people actually want to be working from home full time. Um, other pieces of information, you know, younger generations um, are less productive and their careers are advancing at slower paces because they don't have the benefit of mentorship um, in person, peer to peer. And that's really, really important. So, um, you know, the reality is, is people expect to return to a different workplace. It's going to be um, a hybrid workplace. It might be a larger workplace so that there's more social distancing. Um, you know, even with COVID vaccines, I think people are going to be very, very sensitive about um, everything that they touch. Um, there's all sorts of cool things happening with contactless technologies and all that to make the workplace safer. Um, but there's no doubt when we return to the workplace uh, full time, um, it's going to be a little different. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And that's one of the things that I'm most curious about throughout all of this is people were very quick to say, oh, the the workplace, you know, the, the traditional office setting is is gone as we know it. And and I think that that may be a step too far, but I think you're absolutely right that the office that we return to will look different in some substantial ways. So, uh, you know, and now that we kind of see multiple vaccines on the horizon that'll help us get back to uh, to our lives, uh, returning to, uh, to what we will now know as normal, what are some of those driving factors that are getting people back into the office? And maybe what are some of those technologies that will emerge to to help the office setting look a little bit different in the future? Well, I think the number one reason why people need to go back to the office is because they need to have face-to-face meetings. Um, you know, there will be some hybrid um, work environments for sure, where you may be working a couple of days from home and then a couple of days in the office. But really the big driver to get people back in the office is to get people together, to get them working together, meeting together um, and collaborating together. Um, and so you look at different data and you read a whole bunch of uh, you know, news. Um, there was some good data that came out of uh, this report called Human Experience, uh, which was done by JLL, uh, published last month, uh, November of this year. And they said the workplace of the future is going to be hybrid and it's going to be mixing on-site and off-site collaboration uh, to offer freedom and choice across a variety of spaces and locations. And I could continue to quote it, but I mean, the reality of it is, is it's just that it's bringing people together um, and having them be able to collaborate, to mentor, to manage, to inspire, uh, to create, to problem solve. That's really why you need to be able to get people together. Um, That's where the human element, person to person, you know, IRL, right, in real life is really important. Yeah, I think that I think that's absolutely a great point, and um, and having that that 
face-to-face interaction really is a, a critical and, and crucial thing. Um, so when it comes to, to technology, how can technology play a role then in, in that, knowing that, okay, there is going to be um, a hybrid aspect to what we do. We do want as much face-to-face as possible, but if they're, you know, we're, we're acknowledging the reality of a, of a hybrid workplace, how can technology help enable that? And what does that look like? Absolutely. So, you know, the, the, the key is right now companies are investing in uh, contactless technologies in preparation for return to work. Um, and because one of the key factors in returning to work that's driving people back into the office is meetings, um, investing in contactless technology for meeting spaces um, is, a really, uh, is a really key driver. Um, and we're seeing that across the board and around the globe in our business. Um, obviously, ScreenBeam uh, is the leader in wireless display. We're the only company out there that has um, a f- true uh, app-free, multi-network, um, totally manageable wireless display solution. Um, and that means that users don't need to do anything but touch their own devices. So we're seeing a new sense of urgency uh, for customers to uh, ramp up the deployments of these technologies. And, you know, by the way, this market was already um, off to a absolute screaming start um, at the end of, uh, you know, second half of 2019. And then going into 2020, the market was already on a great trajectory. uh, But the driver there was really about productivity, modernization, and collaboration. And all those things still hold true. But now you have the COVID-19 factor, which is, hey, we need to get contactless technology into these rooms. We don't want people to have to touch displays. We don't want them to have to grab cables and grab rings of adapters and try to figure out how to interface their laptop. We want to make it really easy. And so with our solution, with the ScreenBeam uh, 1100P, literally you just walk into a room, you touch your own device, it discovers the screen beam connected up to the display, and you're able to either mirror or extend your device's screen you know, just like magic. Uh, and up to 4K resolution. So it really is a important technology when it comes to COVID safety. That's a that, that's a great way of putting it. You know, and and I think that having people only have to handle their own personal device that they've already touched a bunch of times during the day. That uh, to me stands out as just a massive benefit, obviously, so that uh, you're keeping people safe. You're you're showing value to your employees in that as well by showing, hey, we value you. Um, in a way that we want to keep you safe. We want you to not have to interact with um, and, and touch too many different things throughout the day. Use your own personal device and, and utilize this technology and it works so very well. So for businesses that are considering, hey, we, we would like to reopen, we're, going, we're, we're acknowledging that there's going to need to be a hybrid environment and there's going to have to be technology that comes into that. Do you think it would be a good idea for them to set aside or to implement a maybe a COVID-19 technology budget or just a COVID-19 budget to acknowledge, hey, here are some of the challenges that this new normal presents and here's how we're going to tackle it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and actually, you know, we heard from uh, uh, leading experts and industry analysts um, just a few months ago in, in an executive briefing, and they were talking about, you know, the, the fact that so many organizations are now establishing what they're calling a COVID-19 budget. Um, and, you know, a significant portion of those budgets are you know, geared towards, um, you know, contactless technologies. 
Um, now that's not just wireless display. That's not just screen beam. There's other things that you need to do uh, in buildings and that you can do to help them make them safer, right? Um, you know, being able to have automatic doors, automatic water faucets, you know, automatic um, flushers in the restrooms um, and so on. I think those are all technologies that help with contactless. But certainly, you know, ScreenBeam has its place. And uh, in the traditional meeting room, of course, uh, but also in non-traditional spaces, um, a large number of customers, um, you know, both in education and in corporate um, have created non-traditional spaces for meetings and for learning. And so on the corporate side, we see customers are uh, installing displays in common work areas so that you know, teams can just simply have a quick stand-up meeting, uh, maintain social distancing, and then using our technology just to enable connectivity to that display, which also becomes and doubles as a wireless um, digital signage um, solution as well. So when the screen beam is not in use, the company can use it to you know, push whatever digital signage content they want to that screen. Um, and then on the flip side of that, uh, in education, obviously, you know, the hybrid learning and the learning from home has been a great challenge. And, you know, so very sadly, you know, so many students are, are just falling behind um, because they're missing that personal interaction that you just need in the classroom. So everybody wants to be able to get students back um, and so in getting them back and in also being able to maintain social distancing, schools have been forced uh, to use non-traditional spaces as learning spaces. Um, and in the warmer weather in certain areas of the country, we were able to take classrooms outside. And a lot of schools did that. Other schools used gymnasiums and cafeterias and other multi-purpose rooms to create multiple classrooms that had social distancing elements to them. And again, it all required that they create these new type of either meeting or learning spaces and bring this technology there to enable it. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's, it's been very, very interesting working with so many customers, you know, that, that have such a great need for this type of technology. So obviously, when you're coming to the end of a, of, of a year, like we are in, in 2020, um, how do you think that COVID-19 and, and the different challenges and demands placed on people that are typically in charge of budgets, like office managers, AVIT administrators and directors, those sorts of people, how has the pandemic changed maybe their overall approach to budgeting for 2021? What, what do you think that looks like for them? I think it's really interesting. Um, in that same executive summit I was referencing, um, we had a number of participants who were uh, you know, AV directors at, uh, at uh, multiple universities across the country. Um, and what I was hearing from them was that the way that projects are starting um, are much different than they had in the past. Um, they're being given a tremendous amount of control um, and flexibility um, really to deploy the technologies that they want. In the past, you know, those departments, IT departments were largely uh, informed by the business um, at a certain level that you need to make these upgrades, enhancements, improvements. And then here's the budget that we have allocated for it and kind of just go ahead and do it. And now these people who are truly the experts in their organizations are solving the problems on their own and they're utilizing the budgets that are given to them uh, and managing those budgets that, that, are, that are given to them. So I think that's really great. It means we're gonna get ultimately better results um, at the edge, at the ground level within, within all these types of organizations. And I hope that's also happening you know, more and more in the enterprise space. 
one of the things that I'm wondering about, I suppose, is that as people begin to look at um, next year's budgets, what are, what are some of the challenges that they're going to face? You know, as we talk about um, different learning areas, different meeting areas, uh, new technologies, implementing new things, and, uh, you know, and some of the big themes we've talked about, what do you think are, are some of the challenges then that they're facing in terms of crafting that budget and thinking forward um, maybe thinking kind of beyond the pandemic as well, but also just acknowledging that the, the workplace has changed to a certain extent. Yeah, I think, I think budgets are going to change. I mean, we look at the AV industry and certainly that industry has changed um, dramatically during COVID-19. Um, and a lot of that industry, um, when it came to, you know, institutional type of customers, you know, be they uh, uh, businesses or uh, public uh, public sector or education, um, they had really, uh, you know, they had very specific projects that they were planning. A lot of that had to do with new construction or uh, remodeling construction projects, and then AV integrators were coming in. Um, and I think those companies are rethinking how some of those projects are going to roll out. Um, and really, I think the rethink is, is um, what do we do right now to retrofit what we have to make it immediately available um, for users when they come back to work, right? Students when they come back to school. Um, and then again, that's one of the great things about what we do with ScreenBeam is that our technology retrofits itself into any existing environment. It doesn't require, um, you know, major wiring projects or things like that. In fact, it's a wireless technology. So really our solution, you can mount it virtually anywhere. Um, and most of the time people will large, uh, will mount it um, behind a display or maybe underneath a meeting table um, and, and connect it that way. So um, I think people need to think about, okay, what do I need to do now? Um, I think more projects are going to look like retrofit projects uh, versus, uh, you know, new construction projects. Um, and that's a great opportunity. And, and quite frankly, you know, it's the type of thing where you can't, it's not just good enough to do it in a few places. You really just need to do it everywhere and standardize on this as this is how we connect. This is what we do for contactless technology in our company. And not just from the safety perspective, but also because, remember, employees have been home now for quite some time. It'll be maybe a year by the time they start really coming back into the office. Um, and you don't want to have to train them on, hey, we have a whole bunch of new procedures if you go into this room, this is how you connect. If you go into that room, this is how you connect. Uh, you just basically put a sign on the table and said, this room is now wireless. This is how you connect with your Windows device. You hit Windows K and you're off to the races. Here's how you connect with your Apple device. Here's how you connect with your Android device. Um, and all the instructions are right there um, at the front of the room or, or, or on the table uh, versus making it complicated. So, you know, smoother transition back into the office is, is also going to be important. Right. And, and like you mentioned, with the, the, the retrofitting aspect is that um, complete overhauls are going to uh, have a larger impact on the budget, I should say, uh, if you're running new cabling and new wiring through an area or, or something like that. There can be uh, expensive overhauls, but when you look at the solution that you're providing, it really can fit and match with, with basically any budget. Yeah, it, it's true. It, the, the, the cost of uh, entry is... is is very low. Um, I mean, you know, the ScreenBeam 1100 plus in general is about a thousand dollars a room um, to deploy. And I don't want to say that, you know, we don't fit into, you know, a new construction, uh, you know, or an overhaul uh, type of scenario. In fact, you know, that's a, a really, you know, strong percentage of our business. 
um, is that when companies are modernizing and upgrading and doing those types of projects, they're implementing uh, screen beam platforms to enable the wireless display um, and collaboration uh, for that room. Um, but what they're also doing at the same time is they're retrofitting the remainder of their rooms with that same technology because, again, it does fit in very, very nicely as a retrofit technology. You just you don't have to bring in, um, you know, electricians and, and, and cabling teams to be able to wire it up. It's really not going to impact anything that you have in that room. It'll interface either directly with the displays or the projectors. Um, if you have a control system in the room, it will just connect right up to one of the HDMI inputs on the control system. Um, if you have a UC enabled room today, um, it'll connect directly up to um, that UC room system that you have. Um, so regardless of what you're doing, um, it's just going to fit in. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's a crucial point to, to acknowledge that it just it just fits in, like you mentioned, and I think that's I think that's huge. So, uh, Mike, as we begin to wrap up our, our conversation today, what are some of the most important takeaways that you would share to today's businesses who are going through the COVID nineteen budgeting process and looking forward to a new year and the challenges that are that are going to come along with it? Well, first and foremost, I'd like to take this opportunity to really thank, you know, all of our elite partners around the globe. Um, I've talked to so many of you and you, you're working on so many important projects and uh, um, it's really, really exciting to see what you're doing. And it's, it's, it's great to see that, uh, uh, that we're being able to help positively impact so many projects and, and so many customers. Uh, it, it really just is. It's, it's absolutely humbling. Um, you know, I would just say, take it one step at a time, you know, reverse engineer your workplace, you know, start from the end, you know, start with the end in mind, you know, what is it that you need to achieve um, and write down those, those top things. And if it's meetings are important, then let's start with meetings. If it's other things that are important, let's start with those things, but just reverse engineer whatever it is you need to achieve, then prioritize those things. And then from there, you can start looking for solutions. Um, and of course, we hope we'll be somewhere in your list. Absolutely. Mike Ellenberger, he is the Vice President and General Manager at ScreenBeam. Mike, thank you so much for joining me today, talking a little bit about um, modernizing in the workplace, what it's going to look like in 2021 moving forward, and how people can utilize their budgets and what they have available to them uh, to help their people return to the office safely. Thanks again, Mike. Tyler, it's been fun. Thank you. Absolutely. It has been a pleasure. And everyone, thank you for tuning into this episode of Collaborative Tech Talk. We appreciate it very much. Of course, if you uh, listen to a number of these, you know that we have a lot of thought leadership from ScreenBeam uh, across a number of these episodes. So make sure you're subscribed to stay up to date with the latest in what ScreenBeam is doing, the technological solutions that they're providing across a number of industries, whether it's in the office, in education settings, and much, much more. So thank you again for tuning into this episode. Of course, we'll be back soon with more episodes. But until until then, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks for listening.